The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Designed for us to practice together in, commu- in, commu- in community. It's very easy to come to IMC on a Monday evening or Sunday morning and sit in silence and meditate, listen to someone like me carry on a monologue, and then go home, not talk to, not talk to anyone. And, um, but classically, Buddhist practice <clears throat> is very much, a uh, very important part of it is to practice in community with other people, in one way or the other to be in community. And, um, and uh, discuss the Dharma with other people, reflect on the Dharma together with other people, um, engage in the Dharma in many different ways as we go through our lives. And so these Dharma pra- <laughs> practice days are a little bit trying to replicate that as a, um, and, or let that happen here in our community. So it tends to be much more interactive these days. Um, we often uh, will do some guided meditations, some exercises, uh, do a little bit of teaching. We'll break up into groups and maybe have some group discussions and perhaps sometimes we break into, du- into pairs and you can talk to one other person. And there's something very significant that can happen when you actually have a chance to talk about certain uh, practice themes, some of the qualities of inner life that we're trying to cultivate in Buddhism. Because it's one thing to listen to it and take it in the abstract. It's another thing to, um, to actually talk about it and hear yourself talk about it and explore it and stretch yourself in your mind. It becomes more personal, becomes more directly connected when we engage in that kind of conversation. And it's rare in our life <clears throat> that we can get together with people and talk about some of these profound aspects of life or qualities of life in a concentrated way. Um, and so here we have this chance. So, And each day, you know, what, what happens each day varies a little bit based on the theme and various things, but that's basically the idea. The theme for this year, um, uh, for the series, is the uh, Brahma Viharas. And it happens to be that today is the last day in the series. If this is your first time, welcome. It's fine to be here. Um, And um, the Brahma Viharas, I like to think of as four faces, four aspects of our warmth that we can have towards each other, our warm-heartedness. Sometimes I call it the four aspects of love that we can have. And um, it's a very important uh, place in Buddhism, <clears throat> these things, Buddhist practice. Um, if you go back to the suttas of Buddha, you find uh, lots of references, especially to loving-kindness, but to all four of the Brahma-viharas, these four qualities of love, as not only good virtues to have, but uh, good attitudes to have, but um, reference points for understanding how to live our life wisely. So ask the question, is what we're doing kind? Is it compassionate? We also find that the Brahma-viharas are presented as a path, as a vehicle, for certain kinds of liberation, of freedom. That uh, it's not just love for love's sake, but it's love in practicing such a way that we can become liberated, the, the heart and the mind to become free from its contractions, constrictions, limitations, from its preoccupations that we have. Um, and I think it's important to give some emphasis on these qualities of Brahma-viharas 
because without them, uh, occasionally, uh, hopefully it's only occasionally, uh, Buddhism can see, Buddhist practice can see a little bit of cold or indifferent or a little bit removed. Um, and you can get the impression that uh, sometimes Buddhism is really meant for introverts. And, uh, you know, you're supposed to be kind of, you know, um, or something. Um, and um, and also sometimes there's the teachings of not-self, kind of can somehow suggest you're supposed to just kind of deny yourself and deny some of the basic movements we have of our heart. So the uh, Brahma-viharas are very important, they're beautiful, and um, they're wonderful complements to the practice of mindfulness. And so we're exploring it this year. And so the first two uh, days we did, we did uh, loving-kindness. The next two we did um, compassion, and then we did sympathetic joy. And now we did one day on equanimity, and today's the last day we do equanimity again. And uh, the equanimity, last time, we, those of you who weren't here, last time we, we did equanimity, we primarily explored equanimity not as a Brahma-vihara, not as a form of love, but rather as a, a balanced-centered mind, a mind that's balanced-centered, even-keeled in the sense. So it's not so easy to get caught up or reactive to what's going on in our experience. And today, I want to focus more on at, as a social emotion, social attitude of, uh, that is an expression of love or warm-heartedness. Um, sometimes it's hard for people to appreciate that because it's hard to see how equanimity can be love. Uh, it's easy to see how equanimity might be indifference <laughs> um, and uh, aloofness or something. But uh, how, how can there be warm-heartedness in equanimity? It's just sometimes it feels kind of cold. Um, but in fact, it's meant to be a form of one aspect of these four qualities of warm-heartedness that uh, these Brahma-viharas are about. Um, so in this guided meditation I asked you to focus on the basic warmth warm-heartedness because it's my feeling that uh, prior to the Brahma-viharas pro- these, these attitudes of loving-kindness compassion, sympathetic joy and equanimity um, when we're relaxed when we feel safe when we're not caught up in our concerns and our, our fears and our ambitions and trying to do things or figure things out or caught in our, our thoughts, if we just relax and open, that um, it's pretty natural to have some very, very simple, ordinary goodwill or a little bit of delight, a little bit of kindness, a little bit of openness, a little bit of receptivity, availability to other people. And it can be as simple as going to the checkout uh, counter in the supermarket. You can go there in a hurry to get through it and you hardly notice the cashier you know, let alone look them in the eye. Um, but if you're, you know, if you, you have nowhere to go, particularly, your attitude is, you feel, feel content, safe. Safe is a really important thing to feel. Safe, content, present, relaxed, not caught by anything you need to do, not caught by needing to go to the next thing, just there in a full way. And in that fullness, I think it's easier to be available to connect, to have a kind connection with the cashier, to take the cashier in, to let the cashier into your life in a little bit of way. And um, get a sense, oh, this is a human being here. This is a human being perhaps with trials and tribulations. This is a human being who has all kinds of capacities for joys and sorrows. And to feel some basic warmth. It doesn't have to be much, 
Maybe it's all ex- only expressed in a little smile, or how are you, or maybe it's, all ex- all, it's only expressed in a little simple thank you for what they do. And so I, I believe that with this uh, proper amount of not being caught in our minds, not being preoccupied, being relaxed, feeling safe, there's a natural sensitivity, registering, sense, uh, an organ almost of perception that's kind of like that where empathy can occur, where warmth can be, where a basic connectedness and to our common humanity can kind of just be there without, without a lot of reflection, without a lot of thought. It's a kind of situation where even someone in that state where you feel grounded, centered, present, safe, relaxed, nothing needs to happen, uh, you'd probably even uh, offer something, a little bit of help to your enemy if, um, you know, if somehow your enemy was you know, in trouble. Like, you know, if, you're, if you happen to go visit your enemy in jail and your enemy hasn't been fed for two days in jail and there's food just the other side of the bars that you're allowed to give them, you know, you might feel, you know, wow, this poor guy. <laughs> Here. Basic human goodness that we can sometimes tap into. So for me, I think, I think of this as being the foundation for these Brahma-viharas. And, um, and so one of the things to consider is how do you stay in touch with that? Or how do you lose that? How do you value that state of heart, that state of, of empathy, that state of receptivity, that state of openness? Do you value it? Is it important for you? Or is it much more important to you uh, to be caught up in your inner mental landscape? You know, I'm sure you have important things to think about, very important things to think about. And, um, and what, you know, wh- where do you live your life? Do you live your life in those important things to be caught up in and anxious about? Uh, or do you have the ability to, at some times, to relax, put that aside, and come from the place of warmth, come from this place of, that will come from that place that you have when you feel safe, connected, grounded, centered. What do you value? So it's, it's, the fact that you value one over the other doesn't mean it's easy to have one over the other. But I think it's really important to spend a little bit of time in our life knowing what we value. Because I know, at least when I watch my own mind, I can easily pers- spend a lot of time pursuing things that are not really what I feel are important. <laughs> I can easily kind of get caught up in the details of, gee, you know, I need to figure out how to get the oil changed and even get to the gas station and and, uh, but then I have to go to the bank and then I have to do this and can I get here in time? And, and pretty soon, you know, it's just the whole inner landscape is, you know, more important than just being present. So um, I would like today to establish that as a, hopefully as a, we appreciate that this, our basic warmth, basic kind of goodness in a kind of way is the foundation for the exploration of these Brahma-viharas. And, um, and so what I'd like to do then is to take a break now. And then, um, but I'd like to have the break in silence because at the end of the break, I'd like to come back and try to meditate, to do a little guided meditation and get into a little bit more the Brahma-viharas this, that way. But one of the balancing acts on Friday mornings doing this Dharma practice days is the leaf blowers. And so far, they've come and go in a very intermittent way. It's kind of surprising. And they seem kind of far away. So I don't know if it's not the usual place or unusual today. And I don't know if we're about to be, you know, 
what's going to happen. But, so we'll come back, and if it looks like we can do a guided meditation without the competition of the leaf blowers, we will. And otherwise, I've decided that I don't want to kind of, even though we're supposed to be open and present for whatever's going on, um, I, I, I think sometimes I think I've decided that let's, we'll just change what we're doing and um, do something that's more appropriate for harmonizing with the leaf blowers. So let's see how it goes. We'll, we'll kind of dance, you know, play around the... But let's do a 20-minute break. And you can do some, go outside, get fresh air, do a walking meditation.